Well, we're going to get right in the word this morning. I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction. I'm going to start by telling you that if you're taking notes, get your notepad out because I talk super fast. The translators tell me, oh my gosh, you're so hard to keep up with. Well, it's because I've got a lot to say. All of this. So get ready. I can tell you, you can buy the CD after if you miss something. I've been teaching this in a series on Wednesday nights called Thinking the Thoughts of God. I encourage you to get it. That being said, I'm gonna do one more thing and I hope you don't think I'm not spiritual enough, but I'm gonna take this Bible and I'm gonna put it right here because I don't have time to go to each verse. But trust me, I already looked them up. They're all right here, so you don't have to worry about it, okay? Okay, let's get started. This morning, I'm going to be teaching to you about thinking the thoughts of God. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The battles of the spiritual realm are most often fought in the minds of believers. You see, when you become a believer, God has called you to leave behind your carnal patterns of thought and to begin to embrace what we're calling the thoughts of God. It is so sad that so many people receive Jesus as their savior, yet they continue to live a defeated life. Why does this happen? It happens because they are tormented in their minds. Jesus did not go to the cross, ladies and gentlemen, and give his life so that you could live a defeated or barely get by life. He went to the cross, he gave his life so that you could live the abundant life, amen? The God kind of life. The devil, on the other hand, though, wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy your life. You see, the devil is a liar, he's a deceiver, he's a manipulator, he's an accuser, he's a controller. He lives and breathes to make you miserable. How does the devil do this? Well, he starts by messing with our minds. He starts by planting negative and evil thoughts in our mind. I ask you this morning, how can we enjoy the God kind of life if we can't control our minds? How can we enjoy the life that God wants us to have if we are thinking negative things? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. In James 1.8, it says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So I, I propose to you right now, your mind and what you're thinking is not just kind of important, it's super important. In fact, it is the foundation of what your life will become. Because Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks, so is he. So we must begin to take control of our minds. We must put aside our carnal thinking. We must begin to think the thoughts of God. So what are the thoughts of God? Well, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. 
Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. These verses are the benchmark for the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. The thoughts of God always, always, always line up with the word of God. The thoughts of God are pleasing thoughts. They're positive thoughts. They're not negative thoughts. The thoughts of God, I love this, they have momentum. They move us forward. You see, everything that the devil will try to plant in your mind is intended to hold you in place. He wants you to look back. He wants you to stand still. But Paul says that I put those things which are behind me, behind me, and I press forward to the mark. You see, when you think the thoughts of God, they carry momentum. They push you forward because God has called you to live a life that is moving. Amen? The thoughts of God never paralyze you. They never hold you back. Well, maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, Shannon, I can't control my mind. I, I kind of understand what you're saying, but it's just not that simple. Well, let me clear something up for you this morning. You can control your mind because 2 Corinthians 2.16 says that you have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ I'm pretty sure that everyone that is here is not thinking about Jesus sitting up on the throne of grace and that he's up there going, hmm, I wonder if I'm really that good. Hmm, I wonder if I really have that much power. Huh, I wonder if I really defeated Satan. Huh, I wonder if what I did on the cross worked. We all know that Jesus isn't thinking that way. Jesus is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's more than enough. And listen to me this morning. You're exactly the same thing because the Bible says you have the same mind as your heavenly father. You must begin to replace the thoughts that the devil puts in your mind. I'm gonna walk you through the most simple way to do this. You see, I like to buy clothes and when I go to the stores, when I go to Dillard's and I buy something, I never try it on, I always take it home. And when I try it on at home and I get in front of the mirror and I go, oh, you know what, I don't like that. What do I do? I go back to Dillard's and I go back to the same place and I exchange it. I give it back and what do I do? I get something that I do like. I give you that illustration because that is exactly how you begin to think the thoughts of God. You see, the devil will put a negative thought in your mind and all you have to do is take that thought, remove it from your mind, make an exchange with what the word says and replace it with the thoughts of God. How can it be that simple, Shannon? It really is. It really is. The key to doing this successfully lies in understanding the power of confession. You see, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So let me walk you through how this works. When I get online and I look at my bank account and I look at how much money is in there and I go, oh no, there's not enough money to make my house payment. And the thought in my mind begins to go, oh no, what's going to happen? I'm going to lose my house. Where is this money going to come from? I take that thought. I take it. I remove it from my mind. I 
replace it with what the word says. The word says that my God will supply all my needs. And then I begin to confess it. And I say, I don't care what my bank account says. My Bible says my God will supply all my needs. You see, I begin to give life to the promise that is in God's word. Whatever you do, don't give life, don't speak out of your mouth what the devil is telling you. You give life to what the word of God says. You give life to the promises that are in his word, which are yes and amen, not sometimes, but all the time. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to walk you through some of the common thoughts. I encourage you to get the CDs of the other ones we've already done. I'm sick. I'm broke. I'm, you know, I can't get up. We've done all kinds of things. But today, we're going to go through some common ones. The first one, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. This is one of the devil's favorites. He will try to convince you that you are nothing more than a screw-up. He tries to make us think that we're too weak, we're too old, we're too dumb, we're too poor, we're too messed up, we're too unstable, and the list goes on and on. But this is simply not true, ladies and gentlemen, because what the devil forgot to put in your mind, what he forgot to remind you is that you are a child of the king, that you have all the talents and all of the abilities and all of the uniqueness that your heavenly father intended you to have. You see, your heavenly father is looking down on you and when he looks at you, he doesn't see you as incomplete. He doesn't look at you and see you as messed up. He doesn't look at you and see you as lacking in any way. No, when your heavenly father looks at you, he looks at you and he sees you the exact same way he sees himself. Oh, but Shannon, that's not possible. Oh, yes, it is. You see, in Genesis 1:27, it says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Acts 17 verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being, for we are his offspring. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail above and never beneath. Let me tell you today, you cannot find a scripture in the Bible where it says that God will make you fail. You cannot find a scripture in the Bible where it says that God screwed up when he made you. You cannot find a scripture in the Bible where it says that God left something out. Actually, all you can find is the contrary. You can find verses that say you were created in his image. You're just like him. You can find verses that say you're the head and not the tail. That you were made for success. Song of Solomon 4 verse 7 says, You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. God does not see you as a failure. He sees you as perfect. 
Romans 8.31 says that if God is for us, who can be against us? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Deuteronomy 28.6 says, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before you. You see, when God is on your side, you are not a failure, you're a success. Amen. Oh, but Shannon, you don't know the mistakes I've made. Well, I've got news for you today. God does not care. He's faithful to forgive. His grace covers any and all of your screw-ups. Oh, but Shannon, you don't know how weak I am or how untalented I am. Well, I've got news for you today. The Bible says that he created you in his image, that he ordered your days for a purpose. Amen? You see, God gave you all of the talents and all of the abilities that you need to be exactly who he wants you to be. You may feel weak. You may feel old, you may feel tired, you may feel beaten down, but I've got news for you today. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 29 that he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases their strength. All you have to do is quit thinking that you're a failure or that your life is a failure and start doing what Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So the next time the devil tells you that you're a failure, that you're too weak, that you're too old, that you're too dumb, that you're too poor, that you're too messed up, that you're too unstable, that you've made too many mistakes, You take those thoughts captive, you make an exchange, you think the thoughts of God, and you tell that stupid devil, I am not a failure, I'm the opposite, I'm created in the image of God, everything that he is I am, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being, today and every day, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out, Everything I set my hand to do will prosper. I cannot fail because if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. The second thought is my problems are too big. I give up. The devil likes to tell us that there's just no way out. You see, a lot of people hear the word, but they think that the word won't work in their situation. They think that what's going on in their life is too impossible. They think their problems are too big. They think the storm is too crazy. You see, the devil comes at us to destroy our life. He roams around seeking and looking for ways to do it. He likes to tell us that there is no way out. But all that is is another lie from the devil. You see, if he can get you to accept that thought, he can cause you to be defeated. What are you saying, Shannon, that being defeated is just a thought? 
No, sometimes destruction and devastation comes to our life, but hear me right now, the beginning of seeing it turn around, the beginning of walking on a path to victory starts in our minds. The devil is hoping that you will never understand what your new creation identity entitles you to. He is hoping that you will never take ownership of the truth. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he became an exchange for you. In that exchange, not only did he take your sins and your sicknesses, not only did he offer himself as a sacrifice so that you could have eternal life, but he offered you full access to all of his entire being. When Jesus died on the cross, you gained the right to walk in all of the authority and all of the power that your God obtains and possesses. When Jesus died on the cross, you gained the right to rise up in the midst of any problem. You gained the right to stand up in the midst of any circumstance, no matter how big it is, and say, having done all to stand, I stand and I do it with full confidence because Jesus overcame everything that death, hell, and the grave could bring to my life. John 16, says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Deuteronomy 24 says, for the Lord your God is he who, gives you, who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 23.4 says, I love this one. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. Romans 8, 31 says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, but Shannon, you don't understand how big the mountain is in my life. Well, Mark eleven twenty three says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt, but believe it will be done. Whatever the mountain, whatever the problem, whatever the situation, don't ever let the devil convince you to give up. You see, there is no reason to give up. There is simply a reason to rise up. There is simply a reason to stand up and to walk in all of the authority that is yours today as a child of the living King. So the next time the devil tells you that your problems are too big, the next time the storms are raging and the sea can't seem to get calm, the next time you look at the mountain and you think, oh no, I'll never get out of here, I give up. You take those thoughts captive, you make an exchange and you tell that stupid devil, you may have come at me, but today I know this, I'm identified with Christ Jesus, which means no weapon formed against me can prosper. He has overcome the world and so have I. I don't fight alone, my God goes with me, he's fighting 
before me. Oh, devil, there may be a mountain in front of me, but today I speak to it and I tell it to move. I cast it in the sea. Devil, I'm coming out of the valley of the shadow of death and I'm not alone. Today I have the victory. Amen. The next thought is, I am unloved. This is such a dangerous thought. You see, when we get convinced that we're unloved, we become insecure. Insecurity places us in a position of weakness. It compromises our design and our makeup and the functionality of who we are supposed to be. Insecurity causes us to seek unhealthy attention. Women really struggle with this. They look for love, they seek it out, and sadly, they often get taken advantage of. I talk to people all the time and they've actually been convinced that they're ugly, that they're disgusting, that in some way they're unlovable. But see, this is simply not true. You may look around you and say, but Shannon, no one loves me. My spouse left me. My spouse cheated on me. My parents have walked away. My kids can't stand me. No one cares. You may feel unnoticed. You may feel alone. You may feel rejected. You may feel unattractive. You may even feel abandoned. But you can hold on to this today. No matter what you feel, you will never be unloved. You have never been unloved and you never will be. You see, the very essence of the God who created you is love. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 4.16 says so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in God, in love abides in God and God abides in him. 1 John 4.10 says and this is love, not that we have loved God but that he loved us. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. One of my favorite verses is Lamentations 3, verse 22. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, but Shannon, my life is really ugly. I've done some really ugly things. I, I'm just unlovable. My, my husband constantly, constantly looks at me and tells me how ugly and how unlovable I am. Well, listen to me this morning. God does not care what man says. God does not care what mistakes you've made. Lamentation says his love never ceases. That means it never stops no matter what. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love. God created you to be the focus of his love. 
Time and time again in the word of God, he tells us that he loves us. He tells us he loves us without condition. He tells us his love is immeasurable, that it knows no end, that it will never cease, it will never stop. There's a verse in Ephesians verse 5 that talks about God's love for us being extravagant and not cautious. God created you with one intention in mind, to be the focus of all of his love. Remember, God is love, and he created you to receive it. So the next time the devil or some stupid human looks at you and tries to convince you that you are unlovable, that you are ugly, that you are disgusting, that you are not acceptable, you take that thought captive, you make an exchange, and you tell that stupid devil, I am not unloved, I never have been, I never will be, God loves me so much, he sent his son for me. Today I am loved by him without condition and without God is love and I abide in his love. His love for me never ceases. In fact, I am the focus of God's love. Amen. The next thought is I'll never recover. There's lots of people that have had really bad things happen in their life. The devil wants you to think that maybe going forward you could survive, but you'll never recover what was taken from you. This morning, I need you to understand that we serve a God who is in the business of restoration. You don't serve a God of barely get by. You don't serve a God of just surviving. You don't serve a play it safe God. You serve a grand God, a powerful God, and you serve a more than enough God. You see, we serve a God of abundance, a God that created you and predestined you to live the abundant life, the God kind of life. And the abundant life, ladies and gentlemen, is not a life of loss. It's not a life of devastation, and it is not a life of disappointment. The abundant life is a life of enjoyment, satisfaction, joy, and victory. Maybe you're here today and you've lost your marriage. Maybe you've lost your business or your job. Maybe your childhood was stolen from you. Maybe your innocence was lost. Maybe the devil has ripped your family apart. Maybe your health has taken a blow that you don't know how you're gonna recover from. You see, the devil wants you to believe that you can't ever recover. He wants you to believe that you can't ever get back to a good position or a good place. But the devil is so wrong. He tries to make you think that you have lost the war. And you know what? You may have lost a battle. You may have even lost two. But you will not lose the war. Amen. If you will make up your mind to think what the word says, if you will make up your mind to believe the thoughts of God, if you will make up your mind to believe what the word of God says, you will quickly start to understand that God will restore your life. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You see, you gotta really understand that verse. It doesn't mean that the devil's not gonna come at your life. We all know that the storms of life come, but the Bible says no weapon formed against me can prosper if you will take that storm and you will take it and you will cast it aside and you will replace it with a promise in God's word that says this weapon will not prosper. You will begin to be restored. Whatever the devil has stolen from you, you have a right to recover and then some. You see, he can't just take whatever he wants from you unless you allow it to happen. You serve a God of restoration, amen? Jeremiah 30, 17 says, for I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal. Joel 2, 25 says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Isaiah 61, 7 says, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Job 42.10 says, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Isn't that just like our God? He doesn't just give us back what was taken. He doesn't just give us back what was stolen. He gives it all back to us and then he gives us more. He gives us double, amen? I like to think that he just wants to show off. Revelations 21 says that he will wipe away every tear from your eyes and the death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, crying, nor pain for former things have passed away. Zechariah 9.12 says, return to your strongholds, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. You see, you have to quit accepting the loss and the devastation in your life. You must believe that not only has the loss come to an end, but that from this point forward, you are on a path of restoration. And what an awesome path it is. You, today, you must begin thinking about the double return that is coming back to your life. So start getting your victory song ready because you may have gotten pushed down, you may have been shoved down, you may have been pushed back, you may have been thrown off balance, you may have lost a battle, you may have even lost two. But starting now, the God you serve is right there with you, you're striding ahead, you're pushing forward, and he's in the process of bringing it all back. You see, he's looking at that devil, and he goes, oh no, oh no, oh no, that's not yours, that belongs to my child, the child of the king. I'm taking that and then I'll just take a little bit extra while I'm at it. And he's going to give it all to you. So the next time the devil tells you, you'll never recover. You'll never get back what you lost. You take those thoughts captive. You make an exchange in your mind. You start thinking the thoughts of God and you tell that stupid devil, your reign of devastation in my life has come to an end. My God has promised me that I will recover. My health is restored. My wounds are healed. I live with plenty. Devil, you will never put me to shame again. Today, I declare that my life is restored and it's restored with a double portion.
from pain because today I am a prisoner of hope and I am restored. The next thought is my kids are messed up. Thinking negatively about your kids is a dangerous path to go down. It's a dangerous path to go down. You see, we struggle. We struggle to think the way our heavenly father wants us to think. Well, that same dynamic exists in your home. If you think negatively towards your kids, they're going to begin to think negatively about themselves. You see, the devil wants us to live expecting our kids to mess up. He wants us to be ready for bad things to happen. It doesn't matter what behaviors, what screw-ups, what weaknesses you have seen in your kids. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis. It doesn't matter the learning disability. It doesn't matter the setbacks that have happened with your kids. All you need to know this morning is that your children are a gift from God. Your children, ladies and gentlemen, were created the same way you were. They were created in the image and the likeness of your heavenly father. It is your job to teach them this. It is your job to teach them the word of God, to give them an understanding of who they are. How can you expect them to think the thoughts of God if you do not teach them what the word says? How can you expect them to think the thoughts of God if you are not thinking the thoughts of God towards them? Isaiah 54, 13 says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Luke 2.52 says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor. You see, your children were created for greatness, not for mess-ups. Psalms 127.3 says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Psalms 139.13 says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. James 1.17 says, every good and every perfect gift is from above. Psalms 112.1 says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to the nations. You see, God did not give you children to be a source of sorrow. He didn't give you children to be a source of anxiety or stress or disappointment or embarrassment. He gave them to you as a reward. He gave them to you to bring pleasure to your life, to bring joy to your life, and to bring blessing to your life. 
But you see, you must think the thoughts of God towards your kids. When you go to school, you must take them to school. You must speak the word of God over them. You must empower your children to understand how to speak the word of God over themselves. When I was a little girl, every single time I had a test, my parents would pray with me in the morning when I was on my way to school, and they would tell me, Shannon, you have the mind of Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And every single time I sat down to take that test, I would say it to myself, I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, they empowered me. This is serious business, guys. You see, I talk to parents all the time. I work in a school. I talk to them all the time. And right there in front of their kids, they tell me how dumb their kid is, how big they screwed up, how many mistakes they've made. Their kid's just not that smart. Or the doctor said this, or blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you something. They are doing their kid no favors. What God has called you to do as parents is look at those kids and say, you're created in God's image. You have the mind of Christ. Your days are ordered by the Lord. You're predestined for greatness. Amen? You must think the thoughts of God towards your children. You must think the thoughts of God towards your children. So the next time the devil tells you that your kids will not make it, that your kids are too messed up, you take those thoughts captive, you make an exchange, and you tell that stupid devil, my children were created in the image of God. They were formed and knitted together by God. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. They've been taught the word, and they will not depart from it. Great is their peace. My children are my heritage from the Lord. They are my reward. They are a good and perfect gift. My kids will be mighty, they will be blessed in Jesus' name. They are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They walk in divine favor. They are healed. They are healthy. They are whole. They are well. They are set apart. They are sanctified and they are delivered. They walk in the call of God in their lives and great is their legacy here on earth and in eternity. Amen. I'm telling you this, I'm, this is serious business to me. You see, I got a little girl and she's one years old and she's not talking yet, but every single day, morning, noon and night, I look at her and I tell her, you're called for great things. Your life will count. You're gonna make a difference. You're smart, you're beautiful, you're intelligent. I pray over her future husband. I call him into her life. I say, he's a man of God. He's gonna serve God. And let me tell you something today. I know inside my heart that my daughter will stand up here one day and she will carry the legacy just like I'm carrying my mom's because my mom spoke it over me, amen. You see, you gotta be aggressive about this. I'm not worried about the future. You know why? Because there's a lot of parents like me, parents in this church that are raising up their kids and they will not let the devil have their kids, amen? Amen. Listen, 
Paul says to teach out of our own lives. I teach to you this message today and all the other ones I've taught on thinking the thoughts of God, I'll tell you where they come from. In the last year of my life after losing my mom, the greatest fight I have fought has been in my mind. There's not a day that goes by that the devil doesn't try to plant some negative junk in my thought process. But you know what? In the darkest moments, in the loneliest times, I go right back to what my mom and dad taught me as a child. I take those thoughts captive. I cast them out. I make an exchange and I stand on one thing, the promises that are in this book, because I know these promises are yes and amen, and they will not fail. Amen. Amen. Did you learn some things today? I told you I go fast. Would you all please stand with me? Nobody leaving. There's some people here this morning that I need to talk to. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you heard me saying all these things and you go, wow, she's quoting a lot of scriptures, but I don't think that that stuff will work in my life. The Bible says that as a child of the king, everything that is in this book is yours. Well, how do I become a child of the king? You see, Jesus came, he died on the cross, and he did it so that he could offer you the gift of eternal life. He loves you this morning. He loves you no matter what you've done, no matter how big the sin is, no matter how bad the mistake is. He is not concerned with that and he does not care. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you without ceasing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you would say, Shannon, I need to know Jesus. I need to know that I'm loved by him. I need his strength. I need to walk with him. If you're here and you would say, Shannon, I've never, I've never accepted Jesus into my life. You see, he's knocking on the door of your heart and all he wants is a friendship with you. And in exchange, he's going to give you the abundant life and eternal life with him. This is a serious moment because eternity hangs in the balance. If you're here and you would say, Shannon, I need to know Jesus. I've never accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand up. Nobody's looking. Let me see your hands. I want to pray with you. Put your hand up as a sign of your commitment to Christ. I see those hands. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, Shannon... I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior at one time, but since then I've gotten away from him. My life has gotten off track. I lost my way. I got screwed up. I did some stupid things and I need to come back to him. Jesus is here. He's ready and willing to take you back no matter how far away you got. If you're here this morning and you would say, Shannon, I need, to get, I need to recommit my life to Christ, would you just slip your hand up as a sign of your commitment? I see those hands everywhere. I 
I'm going to ask the whole church family to pray together. If you raise your hand, please repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, come into my life. Sit on the throne of my heart. From this point forward, I choose to walk with you. I choose to live as a child of the King. I give you all that I am and all of my past. Thank you for your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on teaching materials or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com or charlesneeman.com.